ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back. Another week, another episode of Garage Door Sports. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Cup phone by my two great co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. Kyle, I know you're going to make a joke, so go for it now. <laughs> oh, I'm perfectly fine. I'm, I'm good today. Uh, no no jokes for me. No jokes? Wow. No. I thought you were going to make a joke at the fact that I couldn't say Garage Door Sports Cup phone. Well, you, you didn't struggle there, you know. You know I you did know, struggle. English is hard sometimes. What can I say? Sometimes. Listen, if you moved on and didn't say anything, I don't think you would have said something. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, I was going to let it slide, but you, uh, you can't let it comment, slide. You know? Come on, boys. Uh, <laughs> fun. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, we'll catch you on something bigger instead of that. That was okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What jersey are you wearing? I just found my old practice jersey and put it on because I was like, <laughs> I was going oh, to say, it's a mesh jersey. I'm like, wow, that's classic. Oh, right, a Streetsville like jersey. No, it's not. It's an old uh, practice jersey. I don't know where I got it from, but of course it's Ottawa. Uh, if if there's sends people listening, it kind of looks like a Suns <laughs> jersey. Say, it, the... Cool. Yeah, we might have to burn that thing after. Oh, no, <laughs> comfy. That's all I could say. Well, boys, we are very lucky today. We have a guest on the show. He is formerly of Cavalry, now York United. Nico Giantsopolis. Nico, how are you doing today, man? Doing great. Excited to be on the show and. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. I like that. See, he, like, he gets, let's get it going, boys. Um, let's get right into our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni. And after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. And boys, let's get right into it. Let's talk. Nico, you've had a pretty crazy career. We talked about it in the summer with you and Marco. Um, this last year in and of itself has been crazy. Uh, you guys obviously had to deal with COVID and then the Island Games. What was that whole experience like kind of keep your training up before the Island Games and then actually going to PEI? Yeah, it was crazy because uh, we had no idea what was going to go on uh, for a long period of time. Uh, when we were in quarantine, we didn't know when the Island Games were going to begin. Uh, so basically from middle of March all the way till I can't remember when we went to PEI, but maybe July was it? Um, and that time frame, I mean, it was, I remember at the beginning, it was like, all right, two weeks of quarantine, then we'll be back. And it's like, all right, another another month. Okay, and I think it's going to be another two months. It just kept getting extended. So uh, a lot of changing in our uh, workout routines and, and stuff like that, but tried to stay positive the whole time. And then finally, once we got the okay and things slowly started moving forward, uh, we saw the light at the end of the tunnel and then uh, kind of switched our minds and get back into a normal soccer routine and tried to do our best uh, and perform at the Island Games. 
And the Island Games was a very interesting experience for sure. It's almost like the old tournaments that we used to play as kids. All the games condensed into a very short schedule. What was the whole experience like? What were the organizers like out in PEI? I mean, first and foremost, the, it was run very smoothly, uh, as smooth as I think it could be considering everything that went on. Um, uh, protocols and safety was, you know, very regulated. We got tested uh, every week, which was good. So, I mean, that was definitely the, the main priority. There's a lot of guys that, you know, have families and stuff like that. So we want to make sure that they were taken care of. Um, but yeah, you said it right there. It did kind of bring me back to the old tournament days, especially because we all stayed in the same hotel. So eight teams staying in one hotel, uh, you constantly bumped into each other. So um, it, it was cool. I mean, in the CPL, a lot of people know each other. Uh, we grew up playing against each other or kind of know each other and know their names. So um, it was a unique experience. I don't think I would want to do it again, uh, but it, it's, it's going to be a story I could definitely tell uh, for the rest of my life. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned the nice closeness of the CPL. Like, and I think that was the goal when it started was to get Canadian players as many opportunities as possible. So the fact that you guys were all kind of stuck in the same hotel wasn't necessarily the worst thing. No, it literally felt like I was at a high school reunion or something like that. Constantly like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? And you have to have those. Uh, I mean, sometimes they're enjoyable conversations, but I mean, other times you're just like, all right, I'm just having a nice conversation to be a nice guy. And I don't really care too much to talk to this guy, but it is what it is. Politics, you know? Of course, you got you got to play the game. And uh, sometimes that means putting on a smile and saying, hey, how's it going? <laughs> exactly. So after the Island Games, you end up, starting the off season and you end up signing with your hometown team, York. How did that come about? What was kind of the conversations going on with some of the teams and uh, how'd you end up picking York? Yeah. I mean, a, a, kind of a lot went on behind the scenes. Uh, we'd be talking for a while if I kind of broke down every little part. Um, but at the end of the season, uh, I kind of wanted to be a number one and kind of, uh, had that opportunity somewhere and I mean I love my time at Calgary so uh, they were my club and we had conversations with them first um, and kind of open and honest conversations between me and Tommy and the rest of the staff um, and I told them if, if I'm not going to be your number one then I would kind of like to look and pursue offseason a bit and see what else is out there because at that time I didn't really know what other clubs were thinking about me because I only spoke to Calgary first uh, um, so that was a conversation. It was very honest, very open. Um, and then from there, uh, I kind of did off season, like an off season did kind of talk to my agents, speak with them, kind of what I'm looking for in a club and, and they kind of did their job. And then it wasn't too long uh, after uh, I had the conversation with Calgary that York came into the picture and, and they reached out to me, reached out to my agent. Uh, we had some really good conversations. And then from there, you know, because it was my hometown club, um, um, you know, my family's in the area and stuff like that. It was something that appealed to me. Uh, we had to make sure the logistics were right and, and it, it made sense to sign there. Um, but, you know, after, you know, the process, I, I asked the right questions. We had the right conversation, spoke to my family, friends, all that. Um, we ended up uh, signing with York and uh, I'm excited to get it going this year. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And so, so what, has, what has been the hardest part obviously with the whole COVID restrictions, but what has been the hardest part of trying to stay active, trying to stay, you know, up ready in game shape, I guess, for, for once everything gets. Yeah. I mean, for me being a goalkeeper, I think that's the toughest part because 
I mean, we've been given individual goalkeeper programs, but it's just not the same as opposed to training with a coach. Um, for goalkeepers, you know, we need different serves from different areas. I mean, usually if it's just one, one coach and one player, that's not even enough. Normally you like to have around like a group of four to do a proper goalkeeper session. So I would say trying to get like my goalkeeper instincts going has been the most difficult. Um, you got to get creative. Uh, you got to train. Sometimes you do have to train on your own, really working on my feet, almost being like a, a player has been something I've taken on this off season. Um, and then in the case where I can get a goalie or maybe a group of people trying to get somewhat of a goalkeeper session in, but that being like a goalkeeper and get goalkeeper sessions in has been definitely the most difficult part. Staying in shape is, is relatively easy for me, but uh, you know, the technique and just continuously being a good goalkeeper is tough. For sure. For sure. Being in a game setting really helps you, I guess, focus on that part. Right. Uh, just quickly going back here. Um, you did play in Australia before you came to Canada. Did you have any, offers to go back and play for any of the older cl uh, other clubs that you played for in Australia or other, you know, organizations within, you know, out Are of Canada, saying, I should say. This off season? Yeah. This off season. No, this off season before you uh, decided to sign with York. Yeah, definitely. Um, we were, I mean, con consistently since I came over to the CPL uh, each off season, I always get uh uh, messages or get contacted by some clubs over in Australia, seeing like what my situation is, if I'm interested. And the same thing was this off season. Uh, it, I all took them into account, but my goal for now was I wanted to stay in the CPL. Um, I, I love my time in Australia and I, 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 I can see myself playing back there, but in this kind of off season, my goal was to secure a number one, um in Canada only because I felt like I kind of did the Australian thing I kind of had all the success I really could have over there uh the only way uh, going back to Australia would have enticed me would have been if it was in the first division because I played in the second division over there um so if a first division club uh, did approach me uh that would have been uh something I would have taken a lot more serious uh but all the contacts and messages I was getting were from uh, division two clubs and Respectfully, I, I just told them I was pursuing something in Canada, but if it fell through, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I would definitely keep them in mind. And again, my, my relationship with people over in Australia are really good. So, uh, you know, even though I told them I signed here in Canada, they're still messaging me like, hey, good luck. Like we're following the year. If anything changes, uh, let me know. And who knows, a loan deal in the winter in Canada to Australia when it's summertime there is uh, seems like the best case for me. So I wouldn't <laughs> ever say no to that. So we, so you, good luck you, with that. You, you yeah. can't go. You can't go wrong with that if that's the case. So <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, I'm chasing weather the sun. And, warm weather and get to play soccer. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a good deal. <laughs> play, play all year round. You're perfectly fine with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But, um, what is your ultimate goal with obviously signing with York? What is your ultimate goal for this upcoming season? Yeah, definitely to secure being a number one at a CPL club. Mm -hmm. um, that's the main goal, and then. I mean, from there, just kind of have success in my role. Uh, like I said, I signed a two-year plus one option. So uh, whether this is a success isn't determined in this first year. I like to uh, kind of play my career by my length of contract. So I'm guaranteed to play for York for two plus one. So uh, however that goes in those two years, I want to have a successful time individually, but I would love to have success uh, as a club. So 
short-term goal is secure the number one uh, job at the club. And then from there, uh, have individual success, but with individual success uh, definitely comes with team success. And we saw York last year at the Island games actually take a step forward from season one. They're very young. So it's going to be an interesting year for your team. eh? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's a brand new team and I mean, to be honest, for me, that makes things a little bit easier because I'm coming into a new team, but majority of the people that are joining York are brand new as well. So it's not like I'm coming into, you know, a team that's very set. It's a lot of new guys. Um, and it's exciting. I mean, I'm excited to work with Jimmy, uh, Paul Solteri, the assistant coach, and then Camilo, the goalkeeper coach, uh, is someone I've been uh, really close with from all the way back in youth. Um, so it's, it's going to be really exciting. I know some familiar faces. And again, being part of my hometown, uh, I don't know, it's just something something cool about it, finally working uh, in the area I grew up in. That's crazy. And uh, York has no problem uh, using you in some of their media stuff. I saw the one where you got to go walk around the York area with the camera guy. That was awesome. That was that looked like so much fun. Yeah. When, it was funny. When I spoke to Angus, the first conversation we had, he was talking about their plan with like, how they want to have a really strong marketing team and all that. And uh, I mean, I don't know if it was a good idea about it. I'm like, Hey, Angus, if you, you want a player that all, you know, you can market really well. I mean, I'm your guy. <laughs> and I think he took that account. And I feel like every single time they have anything going on with marketing, I'm getting i I'm getting a text or a request to do something. So, I mean, I love it. I, I got nothing else to do. So if they want to put me in front of a camera, I'll, I'll do whatever I gotta do. <laughs> Exactly. Keeps you doing something, right? You just got to show off the face. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, any more questions, boys, Irfan? It looks like you were ready to ask something, but. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, Nico about the, the New York United logo. I don't know if you can speak about that, but uh, any thoughts on that? I know the three of us went over it a few times, but uh, just want to hear your thoughts there as a player. Well, I missed your thoughts, so quickly run down what you guys think of it first, and then I'll let you know my opinion. Sure. I mean, we were confused by the change uh, of the team name and then a little bit about the colors. And we're like, some of the colors didn't work, but mm-hmm. um, it was a trend in a direction to get you know more publicity and more, more fans into the game. So uh, we understand that part of it and mm-hmm. representing the nine regions, I believe, of the area. Mm-hmm. We didn't mind the logo. It was just the colors that kind of threw the, us the off. color the color schemes threw us off. Oh, the green, and, the green yeah. and blue together. We didn't. It wasn't really <laughs> our our favorite color combination. That's funny because I've I've heard that, so I don't think you guys are wrong. Personally, I like it, and I mean, I know he's my dad, and he's probably going to support me. But when you know my dad saw that team hat that we got and stuff like that, he's like, "Oh, that's a good hat." And so, "Oh, that's <laughs> nice." Yeah, they they know what they're doing. And all that. so, yeah. I mean, I got dad's approval personally. I like it. I really like the gold accent as well. I think that's something that's kind of falling that people aren't really seeing. Uh, I think it's kind of classy. I mean, gold, timeless uh, there. Um, I like it. Uh, at the end of the day, though, <laughs> if the kits look cool and we're not winning, it doesn't matter. There so if we're winning and, you know, we're having success, everyone's going to be like, yeah, like the New York team, like this is awesome. But I mean, if we suck, then everyone's going to be ripping on the logo. So, well, um, half, half the battle is looking good. That's the biggest thing. So, I mean, look good, feel good, play good. So, I, mean, right. I think that's what we were going with. So, I, I'm feeling that. Um, but uh, we'll see. I don't mind it. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm also not a fan of the highlighter. So, I know that green the oh, year before was uh, a bit too flash for me. Fair enough. Yeah. 
I got a big question for you, and this might be breaking news if we can get it, but have they announced <laughs> the color of the keeper kits yet? So, no. Uh, I've heard a rumor, and I mean, I'll drop a rumor on this, because but that's all it is. I've heard it's going to be uh, it's going to be pr- pink. So, highlighter pink or just regular uh, pink? This is the no, real no, question. no, no, like highlighter pink, like bright oh, pink, oh boy, like uh, pink, pink. So uh, <laughs> that that's what I've heard. All right, you heard it here first, yeah. folks. It's going to be pink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Potentially. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Obviously, yeah, anything yeah. we say here is potential <laughs> until it's dropped. But, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, Kyle, did you have any more questions you want to uh, throw Nico's way? Or? Uh, not any more questions. I was gonna, I was just going to comment the logo. That I, I, I like we I, like we like the logo, but to me, if it was a, a brighter gold where it popped a little bit more, that's where we, we said it was going to look a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, that, that's it for me. So. I'll tell them to polish it for you. All right, appreciate it. Make a, little, make a little chrome or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, apparently we're all um, fashion people here on the show. We we, we spent a lot of time. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Look like, at me today. Clearly. Me, me wearing like a hoodie. Irfan wearing a 1985 practice jersey. Practice jersey. And I don't. I can't tell the next one. Cardigan. I got the collared shirt. Cardigan. Come on. Man. Oh, he's probably the most professional looking today. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I've done three. This is my third interview with Nick, and he has worn that cardigan every single interview. That is not oh, true. Exposed. Exposed. Another cardigan. Oh, I have two gray cardigans. Come on, Nico. Don't do me like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. You can visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. Boys, let's jump right into some NFL talk before we go to break. And this week, Carson Wentz decided the, the Eagles decided finally that he needed to go. And I know last week we were talking all they wanted three first round picks for the guy. Well, that is not what they got. (laughs) They have traded him to the Colts for a third rounder and a conditional second rounder that could turn into a first rounder, depending on how much he plays and blah, 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 blah. blah. It'll turn into a first round. It'll turn into a first round. They're Um, competing with Houston here as the worst uh, run organization when it comes to trades. <laughs> what happened? Like, how does that happen? You have an idea that you want three first round picks for a guy, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, we're gonna take a third and a potential first. Like because they only had one suitor and it was the Indianapolis Colts. The Chicago Bears never actually put an offer out for him. That's the biggest thing. Well, were they waiting to put an offer out? Like, why did you take the first offer? No, because like the, the Bears had talked about what they were asking for and immediately said, Not a chance we're paying that. Like, good luck, have fun. I know, but then after you get the offer from the Colts, why don't you get, say, hey, Bears, this is what they're offering. Can you beat that? Because the Bears probably said, no, go ahead, trade them, have fun. Also, the also the Bears had to get cap space, too, in order to do it. So right. in order to try and clear that cap space to try and take on Carson Wentz's contract at a certain point, is it worth it to them? No. So. I don't know. Irfan, what, what do you make of this just mess? I know you had some strong uh, well, words yesterday to me. So. Oh, I did. I was like, you guys suck. Like, honestly, why not stick to your guns? 
um, or make it work with your quarterback. I mean, if we go back two years, this guy was the one that helped you win a Super Bowl. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, he's had two rough years, but if that's your asking price, you're not getting it and there's still money on his contract, then the player better suck it up and organization should find a, a way to suck it up or be like, you know what, we'll trade you midseason when the market actually goes you know, when, when we see quarterbacks get injured in week eight, then you go to that team and be like, hey, do you guys need a quarterback? Here you go. We have one for you because we don't need them. We we just keeping them. And you're probably more likely to get a first round pick or whatnot at a desperation at that point than right now in the offseason. And your two suitors are what, the Colts and the Bears? Like, I mean, not no no disrespect to them, but um, they're both teams looking for quarterbacks. And uh, <laughs> they, they missed. They swung and missed there if you're the Colts. I mean, sorry, if you're the Eagles, not the Colts. Well, I mean, the, the the news came out this week that apparently Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz hadn't talked since like week four or five last season, which if you're not talking to your quarterback as the head coach, there's clearly something wrong and something needs to be changed. Like you can't, you can't, you can't yeah. be going through that. And we can pull Nico into the conversation. That would be like the goalie not talking to the head coach of a team for the CPL. Like that doesn't work. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got some questions there. Yeah, there's there's an issue. You can't you can't do that, especially as a quarterback who runs the offense. Everything has to go through him. You can't be having no conversation between the head coach and the quarterback. It doesn't work. Um, Nico, what did you make of this? We'll bring you in now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's a difficult situation. I mean, my biggest question is: Do you think that Jalen Hurts will be the go-to guy now, or do you think they're going to bring someone else in uh, to bring converse, uh, to bring in competition? Yeah, that's, they'll that's... bring in competition 100%, <clears throat> but Jalen Hurts will be inside track to number one job, it, I think is how it's going to go. Jalen Hurts played very well in his first game and then kind of fell off a little bit the second game. So um, <clears throat> we'll see how he bounces back, see how, how now he is, a, he is the true starter potentially, mm-hmm. depending on who they bring in. I don't know who they're going to bring in, but um, we'll see. And a potential healthier uh, roster as well, right? Like the, the Eagles are pretty banged up last year. Um, didn't play so well. So maybe he'll have a chance at a healthier roster. Well, the Eagles well. literally have to invest every single one of their draft picks into that offense because they have nothing. And the defense nothing. wasn't the defense wasn't terrible last year. It just looked worse because the offense couldn't put up any points. Let's well, be honest. It doesn't help when Carson Wentz throws a pick and all of a sudden you're playing defense on your own 20-yard line. It doesn't really help at that point. <laughs> That's what I mean, though. But, like, the defense itself didn't look awful. They were not the worst defense in the league by far. No. But the offense made them look worse than they actually were. Like, it's not really their fault. <laughs> oh, so for sure. you, you you invest in the offense in the offseason, and that's 100% true. Um this trade has implications throughout the league outside of just these two teams because there's still the Deshaun Watson market available. And the Colts were a suitor at one point to pick up Deshaun Watson. Now, it was probably unlikely, but they were a suitor. How does this affect the Watson uh, market, Kyle? Um, obviously, it, it does take the Colts out of, the, out of consideration. But realistically, I didn't think the Colts were really – invested into the dump to Sean Watson just purely based on the asking price right now it looks like the the leader for the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes I guess so you call it sure. um is the Carolina Panthers uh, and and they're very intriguing because honestly they are a quarterback away from truly contending in that in that division yeah but they're gonna trade Christian McCaffrey 
No, they're not shooting. Get him. No, but that's that's the conversation. They're saying, oh, yeah, they're willing to trade tra- tra- Christian McCaffrey to get Deshaun Watson. Doesn't I, that kind of take away from the team? Yes and no. Um, their wide receivers are great. Christian McCaffrey came back, and obviously it, Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. That's just, let's not dim that at all. Like He is one of the best running backs in the league. Simple as that. Yeah. But Mike Davis had great success when Christian McCaffrey was out as well. So – well, I think what their mentality is, is they have Mike Davis, who is a free agent, but if they trade McCaffrey, they'll re-sign Mike Davis. Right. And it's one of those, if they can add a quarterback for that, for basically a team that competed without McCaffrey last year, because he was injured for 95% of the year, it, it, in their mind, it's a good deal. To me, it's not a good deal, because I would rather have McCaffrey mm-hmm. back healthy, yeah. and I would rather give up three or four first-round picks rather than give up McCaffrey, because who knows when you're going to get another McCaffrey. Mike Davis is not McCaffrey. Simple as that. Simple mm-hmm. as that. But, oh, yeah, no, duh. <laughs> so, 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 to me, Carolina is number one. Um, I would look at the Bears, Patriots as outside contenders, potentially. Um, Jets name where, keeps getting thrown around as well. Can't Jets, too, but honestly, I feel like with the Jets and how they are, they are set on taking a quarterback at number two. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and, and I think what they're going to do is they're going to sign free agents because they have like $98 million in cap space. So um, to me, that that's where they're going to go. And if they take on a bad contract or something like that and get a first-round pick out of it, I can see them doing that as well. Yeah. fun. No, I echo what Kyle just said. I think the Panthers – no, it's true. The Panthers do make the most sense, and I think I'd take uh, draft picks or send draft picks instead of losing McCaffrey because I think – like he's electric when he's out, right? Like whether he's at 90% or 85% or hundred percent, he's still a fantastic football player. Um, and I think him and Deshaun Watson um, being able to run both of them, um, I think it's going to spread out the offense and uh, teams are going to have a hard time covering them because they'll be like, well, there's two guys on the, on the field right now that can run. Who's it going to? Can we catch them both? Probably not, but, um, but it does make sense for the Panthers. Uh, I mean, the Texans need a quarterback. So whether that trade goes to the jets, the jets can say, well, we're going to draft a quarterback at second, for example, like Kyle said, and then we'll flip that to you if you give us uh, Watson. So that could be another interesting location, but I don't know. I don't think he wants to go to a mess of an organization like the jets after leaving the Texans. So um, it might be the Panthers right now because that that could be it. But uh, the other caveat is the way Cam Newton kind of left that, that organization is is that what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson that's just a question will that happen to him uh, at the end of his career or like three years into his contract for example and you know another bad uh, exit there out of the Panthers then that's a track that the Panthers would have to fix but uh, right now it looks like Carolina might be the best bet fair enough Nico did you want to add anything no I mean just be curious what Deshaun Watson wants I think he's going to have a huge pull and a huge push like He's already demanding a trade and stuff like that. So I think he probably has a couple teams in mind that he wants. Um, I'm curious what he wants. Uh, and hopefully he gets what he wants and he's happy, but it'll be interesting. I, I think there's going to be a lot more turns uh, in, in his story to come. Absolutely. Well, I mean, at one point, the Jets were his go-to team. So things changed quickly, apparently, in the NFL. Um mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break. We will be back to talk a little MLB and NHL right after this. Good day, everybody. This is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co-host, 
Nick McVicker for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. New episode available every Friday, wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. 20 Minutes on Ice, part of the Garage Door Sports Network. We are back, joined by Nico Giantsopoulos of York United. And boys, this week it came out that the MLB players are concerned about a lack of competitiveness, which is a fair statement to make. The odd point about it came from the fact that it was Garrett Cole who, after playing for a non-top-tier team in Houston for a while and Pittsburgh before that, decided to sign a massive contract with the New York Yankees. He's the one spearheading the conversation about having not a whole lot of competitiveness in the league. Irfan, I want to start with you, man. What did you make of this story when it came out? Like the just the oddness that it is Garrett Cole leading the charge about competitiveness after signing with the Yankees. So I'll be honest, when I read the the title of this article, I was like, yeah, well, this guy's making almost what? I, I don't need to read this article because he's probably just complaining about what God knows what. But um, when when you told me have a read, because I think it's a little interesting because I don't think the title does the, the text any justice because it, it's actually talking about, I guess, the cap and uh, the luxury tax issues and stuff like that. But um, it is a little funny that the guy making so much money is the one spearheading it. Um, but I guess that's just how the players association sort of comes, comes into it. Um, I don't think he's that wrong. He did come from a small market in Pittsburgh, then went to a, a, a mid tier market like Houston. And now he's at a massive market. So I think he's seen the growth in competitiveness in terms of fan base uh, needs um, management and how they expect the team to play and win so on and so forth. So I think he's seen that, that change in competitiveness in a way. And I, and I get why he's making that comment. Um, but at the same time, he's also talking about teams like Tampa Bay or um, recently the Giants, for example, that are, are the Royals that have been shedding salary just to build on the young young future. And I think that's an important factor. I think that's where uh, baseball is headed is uh, they're trying to get younger. They're trying to get cheaper. Like, I mean, with the pandemic, it doesn't help that you're losing so much money and players are taking massive cuts to begin with. So uh, why not invest in the future if that's what you think? Uh, your team needs and, and and to play that sort of you know we're not going to be competitive for five years but we will be in five years and then we'll do what the rays do we'll be one year competitive make it to the world series and then we'll blow it up and start again sort of thing so um if that's the direction of the mlb that's the direction of the mlb but he's, he's not fully wrong um yeah. i would like to hear it from more players aside from the eight <laughs> that are on that committee because they're all making very good buck uh I, I would like to hear it from guys that are making two million or three million to also say something about it and say yeah it is competitiveness but most of those guys are like hey we need money to put food on the table and support our families and i think that was their goal there yeah and i think the big thing that i pulled from it was that he was talking about teams that are going young but shouldn't be going young like guys guys are veterans on their team who are willing to come back but they're not willing to pay them even though they're better than some of the youngsters the league the team doesn't need to get younger necessarily like that's not the issue they have the minor league system where they can have these players get good enough to play in the major leagues i think what garrett cole and these guys are talking about is that some of these teams are forcing those players up a little too early who aren't mm -hmm. ready for the major league level right kyle like that's kind of where what i got from this story yeah, go to Nico first. I'm going to make a rant after this. So, <laughs> All right. Well, Nico, <laughs> come on in. 
classic Kyle rants. Yeah, there you go. I mean, hey, I, I agreed with Irfan there. Um, baseball isn't my forte, but I mean, I mean, if they're all professional athletes and you're on the team and you're on the roster, like, I don't think they're. You should. Everyone should be competitive. If you're at that level and you're deemed an MLB player, you should be competitive nonetheless. Um, you get paid. You're an MLB player and stuff like. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me i mean in, in soccer world that's what kind of bring it like in the english premier league there's super rich clubs and there's clubs that don't even compare to how much money they have and stuff like that and the competitiveness is still there you know the heart the passion and all that. so uh you don't need money yeah. to be deemed uh, competitive but maybe kyle will completely say something else so kyle please take it away and i am all ears everyone sit back here it comes as he as he gets ready for this, what was <laughs> in your sip. drink? I just had a piece of plastic in my drink. That was interesting. That's to never good. Swallow. Um, oh, no, honestly, literally, what you said there is probably the perfect definition of what is going on. And in fact, like EPL, a lot of the, a lot of the the, the lower tier teams, they're built on youth and young players succeeding, and then they make money off of selling those young star players to higher teams. So. Basically, the biggest thing for me when it comes to MLB is a lot of these lower tier teams don't find like free agents don't find them attractive, and that's the biggest problem. It, it's not the team's problem for them not finding attractive. It's the location. It's the fact they're the last place team. It's it's one of those like a free agent compared to the NFL. Let's put it this way: the NFL can a bottom tier team can sign a free agent no problem as long as they give them the money. In the MLB, you don't see very many bottom teams signing star free agents because star free agents want to win. That's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I don't think it has anything to do with the teams, you know, tanking or being young. A lot of teams want to try out their prospects. A lot of teams want to see how good their prospects are. It's just simple as that when it comes to baseball. But um, I don't think this is a team thing. I think this is honestly a player thing. And I don't think Cole really truly understands because – He's literally the definition of the opposite thing he's, he's saying. He's like, as Nick said, he was with Pittsburgh, got traded to Houston. Houston not, that's not his fault. Let's make that clear. Get no, no, but, but Houston was a winning team and he left to go to the Yankees because they paid him more money. It's simple as that. Like, it's one of those, like, it, it's almost hypocritical in a way of what he's saying. Thank you. And, that is exactly what I saw when I saw the headline. That is exactly what I thought. Isn't that kind of hypocritical of him after he did exactly what he's saying? And, and to me, so Nick and I talked about it. When was when did we talk about it? Wednesday? Something like that? Yes. Or uh, brought it up or something? Sometime no, either, either way, sometime <laughs> this week. Um, and, and what I said is I think they need a cap in the MLB. And I think they need a salary cap because then it makes teams, you know, kind of play with their money accordingly and i think it also allows other free agents and other players to get more playing time on teams and not taking salary cuts as he said um mm -hmm. because you, you'll get paid your full money if you go to you know so if the yankees are at their cap can't sign anybody else okay now miami is becoming attractive because i want to go live in miami i want to make you know 15 mm -hmm. million dollars instead of making four that would have made with the yankees right so it's like to me that type of thing it is more of an ideal scenario and would actually kind of level it would level the playing field in a way in a way but also it would still allow young players to play because there's still going to be positions and obviously there's there's so many roster spots you can have yeah. right the 40-man roster right so 
to me, that would level the playing field there. And it would also allow veteran free agents to actually get paid what they properly are due, I guess. Yeah. Know what it is. And let's be honest, like MLB contracts have been going up substantially for players that probably haven't necessarily earned it yet but that's just how the MLB is. A cap would stop that. A cap would kind of right the ship and turn everything normal. The discrepancy in payrolls this year is ridiculous. Like the lowest payroll team is actually Cleveland. They're at 38 million. The highest payroll team is the Dodgers at 238 million. A $200 million gap between two teams. That's just, that doesn't make sense. It shouldn't be that way. And we've seen the cap go in play in the NBA and the NHL, and it's worked, and you've seen the competitiveness more in the NHL as the NBA has had some teams that ended up just being really good for a while, like Golden State. It, it, it helps to level the playing field, 100%. There's no doubt about it. It'll be interesting to see how the MLB deals with this conversation and takes what Cole and the players are kind of talking about. And if anything comes out of it, I doubt it just because it's the MLB and the MLB doesn't like to change anything. Yep. They're still fighting over whether or not there should be a DH in the national league. America's game. America's game. Um, so that'll, that'll be interesting for sure. Boys, I want to jump into some NHL talk because we haven't really talked NHL a whole lot this season, even though it's been on because we've had other things that we wanted to talk about. Let's jump in. I want to see who has kind of surprised you so far. I, I I'm going to take the reins on this one, and I want to talk about a team that surprised me, and it's the Florida Panthers. Now, I didn't think Florida was going to be bad. Let's make that very, very clear. I did not think they were going to be a bad team, but I thought they would be middle of their division. They are playing incredible right now. Everyone seems to have bought into the Joel Quenville uh, idea of what he wants from that team, and they're playing really well. Huberto, Barkoff are obviously leading the team, but everyone else has bought in. Chris Drieger has played phenomenal in net who would have thought that we would be saying that considering Bobrovsky's technically the number was the number one going into the season Bobrovsky Bobrovsky yes I I was pleasantly surprised seeing Florida at the top of the division and at the same time the other team that surprised me is Dallas who is near the bottom of the division now I know that they haven't played as many games as some of the teams but after that start of the season where they looked like they weren't going to lose to anybody at one point putting up seven goals every game. Now they're at the bottom of the division because they have won one game in their last eight or something. They're, mm-hmm. They don't look good. They look lost. And it's kind of surprising. Uh, Nico, why don't you uh, why don't you lead off our NHL conversation, my man? I mean, I'm a Leafs fan, obviously. Um, they have they are doing good. Obviously, they're first place in their division and stuff like that. But as a Leafs fan, I'm excited at the beginning of every single season. Every single year I hear, oh, man, we're winning. Matthews is scoring goals. Now we got Tavares. Uh, a big ad for uh, us this year would definitely Simmons. I think he brought that, like, grit, that toughness. You know, he is a Scarborough boy, so, like, everyone loves that. It's a good story and stuff like that. Um, he's injured, so that's going to take a bit of hit on us. But for the Leafs, for me, it doesn't matter what they do in the regular season. It all matters what they do in the playoffs. And continuously I've been disappointed. Now – do I think this team is better than in years past? I do. I think Matthews, obviously, this is what his his fourth year uh, in the league. Marner's show. I mean, they're scoring goals. They're doing the thing. They got their experience. Um, I love them. I hope they win. Uh, I don't think they will. Uh, a team that I think might like really turn their season around and 
I think they've already done it in the last week or two are the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know they kind of had like a touch and go start, but I think with Brian Burke uh, in the head office now, I think he's a huge get for them. Um, I know Brian Burke might not have had the most success when he was here in Toronto, but he's been around the game for so long. Um, I think he could, uh, could change up an organization. I would love to see what they do in the trade deadline because he's been known to shake things up then. Um, so I think, uh, and when you have Sidney Crosby as the leader of your organization, uh, never count that out. Now, if Sidney Crosby leaves and ends up going to the Colorado Avalanche, um, who knows? And I know that's the rumors that's going on, but I mean, uh, time will tell with that. But I watched their recent game uh, against Washington a, a few days ago, and that was like some of the most exciting hockey I've seen. Uh, after watching like the Leafs Canadian game, and then the next day, I think was Pittsburgh. Um, Washington they were flying it wasn't even and I hate to say this it was at almost a different level um so Pittsburgh I think could be a sleeper pick I also liked Washington um for me at the beginning of the season based on what they did my pick to win the Stanley Cup was the Philadelphia Flyers um but yeah those are kind of the teams that I've been watching closely and Nico so both did you pick uh Philadelphia Kyle you reluctantly picked Philadelphia, though, because we have a friend who's a <laughs> Philly fan, and he did not want to let Philly yeah, win, but he picked Philly. Uh, Kyle, I, w- what have you made of the beginning of the season? Any surprises? Any uh, teams that you think are not doing so well? Um, honestly, biggest disappointment was, was we were all very high on the New York Rangers, and all of a sudden the New York Rangers forgot how to play hockey. And um, they're honestly, for a lack of better words, they're dog shit is really what it is. Um, Goaltending has been terrible. Uh, goal scoring has all but dried up. Um, Zibanejad has been horrible, even though he was supposed to be like their great savior this year. Um, you know, Panarin's been Panarin, but other than that, they haven't really had a whole lot. Um, and obviously they had the whole D'Angelo fiasco during the year. So like they're kind still of- ongoing because he's not gone yet. Fair, but it's just been non-stop for them so to me that that's a huge disappointment um honestly biggest surprise i guess if we're looking over at the all, overall season is montreal montreal finally figured out how to score and that was the biggest problem right so yeah. go, in, in previous years they're, they're they didn't have a problem keeping the puck out of the net you know they, they would lose games three two or whatever maybe or three one mm-hmm. but they just didn't have the goal scoring to compete and now you know you look at some of the matchups for the leafs like yes it's low scoring but they're beating them two one or or losing three, two and, and making it a lot closer than, than normally would have been in previous years. So to me, that that's the biggest surprise. And maybe they're having a benefit of beating up on some of the teams in the North division that aren't greatest, AKA Vancouver, but, um, but to, still, I, I still believe they are a playoff team. And, and to, to go on with what Nico said, the Leafs actually have a chance this year because they don't have to play the Bruins in the first round. So um <laughs> obviously with with the interdivision playoffs for to, to start with um definitely could be a benefit for them because I, I think they anybody in that division i think they can beat in the seven game series so fair or fun jump in bud yeah no i'm looking at the standings and i think we hit every team on the nose but i think the biggest disappointment is the canucks i mean like they've only looked good against the Sens, but like everyone's looked good against the Sens, so that doesn't really help um <clears throat> i think I personally thought, like I've said this before, I thought they'd be 
in fourth or, or something like that and competing for a playoff spot. But right now it just looks like they're dangling in six in their wings of coming against Calgary or, or, or Ottawa and maybe a, a random win against the Jets or something like that. And that's it. And it's like, okay, like this, this season needs to improve, especially with the investment they made with Britain Holpe and that, albeit he wasn't their savior, but you know, um, they let Markstrom go. Um, and Markstrom has been lights out for the flames, albeit he's played a lot of games, but uh, he's been, I think Calgary's best player. Um, and I think Vancouver needs someone That's to steal him a game. Much. No, but I mean, in a team where, you know, you have Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan and, and Gio and stuff like that, you, you would expect that team to have multiple stars ready to play. But that third line for Calgary has probably been their best line. And that's the line with Lucic on it. And you're like, but Lucic is like five years out of being the player he was. So um, I'm just saying like Boston fan coming out right now and just praising. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, he, he, he ripping on Lucic. Well, well, yeah, well, he left five years ago because he wasn't good enough to make the seven million or six million. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and now he's just oh, arguably on the best line for Calgary, and, and and that's saying a lot when you have some really good players on here and your top six there. Um, yeah, big surprise with uh, Vancouver. Uh, I know Nick, you mentioned Florida. They have played Detroit five games this season, which have been wins. But I think. If you look at their consistency in play, they haven't changed intensity no matter who they've played. Um, I'm looking at that big matchup on March 16th against Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that would be a good indicator as to how much this team has developed. They play uh, Detroit one more time, Dallas three times, Carolina a few times, Nashville as well. So we'll see how that goes. But I think that big test is on March 16th. If um, if their record's good and, and Tampa Bay uh, wins the remaining of their games in hand, I think it's going to be a clash for first. So uh, circle that. I think it'll be a very good game. Um, aside from that, I mean, New York's surprising us and Buffalo just sits at the bottom and uh, Buffalo has something going on there. Um, we had We had hope Buffalo would be better this year. Not good, better. They aren't. <laughs> well, not last, right? Like that should be New Jersey at the bottom, but New Jersey six three and two, and it's like, well, I guess they can win games. Well, they're winning games against New York and Buffalo, though. <laughs> yeah, they also beat Boston, so that counts. That's true. They did beat Boston. <laughs> that was a bad game for Boston, though. Oh, One thing that gosh. I kind of pulled from every from what everyone was saying is that the North Division is an interesting one, and I want to get into this because this is a conversation that's been going around the league. Is the North Division actually the weakest of the four divisions? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was the but it's the most exciting. Yes. I love Correct. I love how all the Canadian teams are playing uh, each other. And it's only going to get more exciting because these guys are going to – I mean, Kyle swore earlier in the show. So they're going to fucking hate each other <laughs> uh, by the end of the season. And I, you got guys like Kachuk on Calgary and stuff like that. And it's going to be a very exciting end to the regular season. For sure. No, I agree. And then you get into playoffs and as it sits right now, which I don't think is how it's going to end, but if they finish right now, Toronto would be playing Montreal in the first round and Edmonton would be playing Winnipeg. See, Montreal would be the worst team for us to face. I know. To be I, I, I'd be most worried about that. Because they're played, the closest to a Boston in the division. Oh, 100%. And like, if you played Winnipeg or you played Edmonton, I don't think it'd be a series, to be honest. And like we were talking on the pod, on the on the, the the betting podcast last night, they were saying that I said I would rather not face Winnipeg than Edmonton. They said, "Oh, I don't want to go up against McDavid in a, a seven game series." I'm like, I would rather go up against McDavid with Koskinen or Mike Smith in that 
compared to going up against Winnipeg with Hellebuck in there. Yeah. Because if, if Hellebuck gets hot, he's hard to beat. That's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. And But to me, if McDavid gets hot, Okay, so you got three goals. Nice. We can score five. That's fine. Exactly. We, we can <laughs> if we're trading that. goals. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and that's the thing. Like, the the Leafs have the that. ability to trade goals. They do not have ability to stop goals. Correct. Like, they, don't get me wrong. They're a lot better than they were the previous years. Their yeah. defense has improved greatly. And I think once they actually play that defensive game, like you saw after the, the collapse on, on Monday, the game on Wednesday <laughs> – the game on Wednesday was just shaking his head. Trust me, trust me. I felt the exact same way. I felt, I felt, I fell asleep when it was five one. Woke up and said, "What the fuck?" Um, <laughs> and and so, but then you look on Wednesday when they bounced back and completely shut down, play a defensive game and won two one, right? So it's like mm-hmm. one of those like they have the ability to shut those games down, and if that if they bring that into the playoffs, watch out. They're gonna be good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they like that fact that it has to be a defensive game. I think they prefer to go uh, guns blazing and score like seven goals a game. But sure. I mean, we've noticed in the playoffs the last three years that you can't get away with that. Everything's going to be tighter. And if you can't beat a guy like Hellebuck, well, how are you going to improve your defensive game? And I think Matthews played an amazing last two games, playing defense, playing a full 200-foot game. So if you're a Leafs fan, that's that's positivity coming from a leader on your on your roster that's just not John Tavares playing a 200-foot game. It's it's your best player playing a 200-foot game. Matthews has taken a huge step forward in that in since last season. It's it's incredible to watch. I love seeing him play now consistently that way. All right, we're going to take another quick break. After the break, we're going to talk a little NBA and uh, give our final thoughts right here on Garage Door Sports. Hey everyone, this is Irfan Manju from Touchline Thoughts. We are an all-soccer podcast hosted by yours truly with guests every episode. We provide news, analysis, and opinions every episode as well. Touchline Thoughts is powered by the Garage Door Sports Network, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher. Cheers. One more time, boys. Let's get this going nba all-star starters have been announced after the fan vote and all the mess that is the fan vote and we'll get into that after but your starters for the two conferences in the west you have steph curry and luka Doncic as your guards and then your forwards slash centers depending on how you want to talk about it is lebron james nikola Jokic, and Kawhi leonard and in the east you have Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal as your guards, and then Giannis, Durant, and Embiid as your forwards. Uh, Nico, I know you're a big NBA fan, so I want to start with you. What did you make of the all-star selection? Were there any players that are big snubs in your mind? I mean, it's tough to say that it's a snub, but statistically, I know he's not a big name, but, I mean, Julius Randle, I don't know if you guys have been following that. He's obviously – he's – Leading stats in majority of them. He's beating Embiid in rebounds. Uh, he's averaging more points than than most players. And he, so he's a snub, but like he's never gonna. It'd be it would take a lot for him to get voted uh, as a starter. Um, so it's pretty fair uh, on both sides, uh, in my opinion. I mean, if you're just going off stats and not like fan favorites, I think if I was him, I would be the most disappointed because he is having a uh, record-breaking season for him yeah no i i get it and just so everyone is aware the way the voting works 50 percent is fan vote 25 percent is current players in the league and then the other 25 percent is media who cover the league 
So it's not just all fans, but a majority of it is fan votes. And that's why we get players like, you know, Clay Thompson, who was top 10 in the West in guard voting this year, even though he has not played a game and will not play a game at all in this season. I don't like that. He should not have been on the ballot, but what do I, what do I know? Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on the all-star starters? Um, I do agree with Julius Randle purely because I have him on my fantasy team and he's been a beast for me <laughs> recently. So um, it works in that, fact, that aspect. Um, I honestly thought instead of Kyrie, I thought James Harden was going to get, get in over Kyrie. Um, James Harden obviously is a reserve, but as a starter, I think he's a little bit more deserving purely because Kyrie's been so off and on that it's, to me, just Harden's been, ever since he's got to the Nets, he's literally been a beast. He's averaging like, 11 assists a game, eight and a half rebounds, 20 plus points. Like to me, that, that kind of outshines it, but Kyrie's still deserving. So it is what it is. Um, probably out in the West, I, not necessarily the starters, but not making the all-star would be Devin Booker for me. Mm. Um, I think that's the biggest, biggest snub. He's, didn't have the greatest start this season, but he's definitely come on recently uh, as, as being who he was. And I think definitely you could have made the argument for him. You could also made the argument for DeMar DeRozan too, with how he's played for the Spurs so far this year. He's literally been the Spurs offense. So um, could have made the argument that even Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans or Zion um, as, as, a, as a deserving candidate as well. So like to me, like Mike Conley's there. Eh. I would rather have Devin Booker than Conley, but that's just my opinion. So, Well, have they announced the full rosters yet? I'm trying to find that. I didn't think they announced the full rosters. I thought it was just the starters. Uh, I have the uh, – I'm on sportingnews.com, and it has, like, everybody. You know, Chris oh, okay. Middleton, Julius Randle, Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, Zach Levine, all that stuff. Well, there you go. Um, Irfan, what did you make of the starting players for the NBA All-Star game, my friend? Uh, I was a little surprised Kyrie's on it just because he's missed a large chunk of the season. And, and when he plays, he's he's good, but he's not lights out good. Like, I mean, I think you can you can bring in guys like I'm just going to scroll down to the, the, the I mean, you know, Jimmy Butler could have made it, you know, uh, James Harden, like you guys mentioned, Jalen Brown, uh, uh, Jason Tatum. Um, Trey Young has been good for Atlanta. They've played some really good games against high high uh, octane offenses. So, I mean, I'm a little surprised that it's Kyrie, but I mean, when when you have your fans backing you up and then majority of the league backing you up, I I, I think he's a, he's a favorite there, no matter what he says, even though he thinks the world is flat. Uh, he's something else, but <laughs> he doesn't anymore. I have I have I have I have anymore. He doesn't. Well, I have my reservations, Kyrie, with the way he's um, he's been the last few years. But that's a personal thing, so I'll put it aside. But there are other other teams, other players that uh, that deserve it um, a little bit more, I, I would say. But um, in the West, it's kind of hard to knock any of those guys because they've just been lights out. But uh, I mean. Chris Paul should probably be on the reserve team if he gets an opportunity. He's been good this year on a Phoenix team. Um, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Dame. I was surprised Damian Lillard um, didn't really make it. And he's been Portland's uh, heart and soul for the last five years. Um, so um, surprises there, but you, it's hard to knock anyone out of the West. I think the East just for me would be Kyrie, but that's about it. And, and Nick, when I was saying the reserves, it's based on it, everything's based on like the votes that they got already. So, okay, so that's the potential guys, right? Then correct. Mm-hmm. correct. Okay, they don't announce it till Tuesday. That's what I was gonna say. I didn't think they announced the roster. Like, how, where are you seeing this? Yeah. <laughs> Had me confused. 
Um, I hope to see Jamal Murray on it, though, eh? If he can get into something, I, I, it'd be fun to, to see him in the All-Star game. He, he, he started off. Great, like, had a great game last night. Yes, he did. 50 points. 50 points no free without, throws, without a single free throw. That oh, is ridiculous. ridiculous. And then Embiid's like, hold on, hold on, I'll do 50 and then 17 boards. <laughs> there was that. Well, I mean, different games, different styles. Uh, still. Oh, no. uh, Nico, you and me were talking before. One's the game. a guard, one's a center. Exactly. No, I'm just saying in terms of points. I was just no, comparing the points. No, I, I, was, not... I was saying to Nick where he said, oh, different games. No, no shit show. Like, opposite <laughs> positions. I'm aware of that fact. <laughs> Relax. Uh, Nico, you and me were talking before the show, and you mentioned a couple of names that you kind of want to see in the All-Star game, like maybe as reserves or something. Uh, do you want to get into that? I'm a huge ball family supporter. So, I mean, Mellow Ball has been unreal since he became a starter. Uh, if he was a starter from the beginning, I believe he would be putting up all-star like numbers, probably similar to like what Brandon uh, Ingram's uh, been doing at the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Lonzo Ball probably hasn't been putting up the numbers, but based on fans and they'll bring uh, more eyes to the game if those two are in it. You, uh, you definitely, uh, revenue goes up. Uh, I would love to see those two, especially Mellow Ball. I think he's a much more exciting player than Lonzo. Lonzo's more like a catch and shoot now under the Stan Van Gundy offense. Yeah. Um, but Mellow Ball, like when Mellow Ball plays a regular season NBA game, sometimes the stuff he does, it's kind of like he's playing in like an all-star game. So I'd love to see that style in an all-star game. And you get some crazy highlights, I think. I think it will be interesting for sure and how they end up uh, putting these reserve rosters together. It's also going to be interesting how this NBA All-Star Weekend goes because the way they're planning it right now is that all of the events are going to happen on the Sunday. There's no Saturday or something, which that's a lot for the players to have to go from skills competition to dunk competition. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm just saying it's just going to be interesting how they pull it off and especially the guys who – end up being in the skills competition or the dunk contest or the three-point contest who aren't in the actual all-star game how are they gonna be included in the actual all-star weekend because it's all one day now it's one day of everything has to happen it's gonna be er an early three-point contest an early dunk contest uh Irfan do you think it's going to affect the players in any way I know it's just an all-star game so it doesn't really matter but uh, I mean, they don't go at 100% anyways to begin with, but um, it'd be interesting because there'd be a lot of players out on the same day, right? I mean, if it's COVID, don't you want to kind of split it up and be like, well, if you're playing, you're going to be there. If you're not playing, then here's another day for you. But I mean, a lot of the stars have come out and said in recent days or weeks is that they don't really want there to be an all-star game. So um, is there like, yeah, you'll be voted in or whatnot, but what happens if last minute everyone goes, yeah, well, why are we having one if we were trying to stay away from contact and, and seeing players from every team together when in reality you're only seeing uh, one team a few times uh, in a row and then you move on sort of thing so um, I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised that they're they're still going ahead with it I mean yes it's for the revenue and the money shares etc cetera, etc cetera, because it's all about money um, but in reality it's like well do you not care about the safety of the players and I think the players have been very vocal about that and I'm being like this just doesn't make sense um I don't know if they move forward with it, but they probably will because they have no choice. But uh, well, they're going forward I, with it. I think if I'm a fan, I, I understand that there's there's no All Star game this year because of the circumstances, and then let's just focus on a season. I'd rather have the players at 100% play in the game 
and getting to the playoffs because I think the championship is more important than one one day now, yeah. apparently, because it's not two or three days. So that's that's kind of where I'm standing. But I mean, I should I should clarify the dunk contest will actually be during halftime of the game mm-hmm. and everything else will happen before. I mean, it's a way to have a halftime show. <laughs> Who do you want to see in the dunk uh, dunk contest? Is there anyone in particular? I see LeBron finally do it. That won't happen. <laughs> Never. That will not happen. I mean, I all would the like big to see men Zion. in the league, all the big men in the league should do the dunk contest this year. All of them. Every single. All one. of them. Oh, whoever's available. <laughs> I think Zion Bains. would be fun. I think uh, putting Aaron Gordon back in would be another fun way to do it, but he won't do it because he got. He stuck. will never do it. But I mean, it would be fun to see what he could come up with after the two that he put on. Um, John Morant. Ja would be fun. Be fun. Ja versus Zion would be hilarious. That'd be cool. And then uh, uh, Johnson, uh, Johnson, Jalen. Oh, who won it last year? Zach. No, Zach didn't win last year. Who won last year? It just shows the state of the dunk contest right now, I guess. Is really- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I don't remember anything past Vince, you know? I don't, no, I'm kidding. That's fairly accurate for you, isn't it, Irfan? What are you talking about? I remember his Superman. What are you talking about? <laughs> but there's there's some guys who I think deserve a chance to at least try, and Zion is at the top of that list with Ja, for sure. All the young guys, give them a chance. Let's get, let's get Lamelo Ball on it. Sorry, Nick. There, get get one of the Ball brothers on there. I think well, the way Nico said it, I think it'll break so much eyes into the game, and it'll be like, all right, well, I guess we'll watch the second half while we're at the dunk competition. You know, it's true. Possibility. I don't think Melo would do any good in the dunk contest. No, I think he needs to go in the skills comp. layup. Yeah. <laughs> Pass off. That's okay. We'll get his dad to be the one to serve him the ball or whatever. No one wants then, that. Nobody wants that. We'll no get, one wants we'll to see LeVar Ball take over again. Oh, let's get Leandro. Oh, wait, he's not playing. Oh, oh shots fired, Kyle. <laughs> he's the worst ball, and it's not even close. Yeah, I don't think anyone's arguing that. I, was gonna say, <laughs> yes, it's not, I wasn't going to argue. I'm just yeah, saying. No, he's he's definitely shots fired. That's why I made the shot, because it's literally not even close. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, with that, let's uh, let's head to our final thoughts. And Nico, as the guest, you get to go first, my friend. Well, I was going to say I would love to hear what you guys have so I could kind of throw out a final thought. Um, Putting me on the spot here. I mean, my final thought was I'd love to see how the sports that haven't uh, begun uh, kind of take uh, this new world that we're in. So mainly I'm talking about CPL. Uh, MLS just started. On Monday as well. I, I, I'm really interested in how it uh, it goes along, how smooth it is, and uh, hopefully the organizations and the leagues uh, do what's best for the players, do what's best for the fans, and uh, hopefully everyone's safe. Hopefully nothing terrible happens, and hopefully we can get back to some normality. Um, I'd love to see fans back in the stands. Um, and uh, what I'm what I hear is I think fans will be uh, in the stands. I can only speak for CPL, but. Uh, uh, I would love to see that, and hopefully uh, things are moving forward in that direction. That would be awesome. I think I think everyone would be in the same boat as you, hoping that that comes to fruition. Uh, Irfan, final thought. Um, I know we're not doing tire fires, but I, I told Nick yesterday I have like three tire fires because this week's just been like, that's a mess, that's a mess. I just kept saying everything was a mess. But um, no, my final thought is um, a couple of weeks ago, I said that the Mets organization was a mess with uh, their their general manager getting fired and then uh, a former coach who's now with the angels 
uh, McCalloway getting into trouble. And then just earlier this week, they had a third person, um, uh, their hitting coach, I believe. Yeah, their hitting coordinator, Ryan Ellis, who's also been charged. So I think uh, Cohen's doing a good job, right? Like he's cleaning up house with things that are uh, a shit show. But at the same time, it's like, how is it the Mets organization just getting into the spotlight and doing stupid shit. So I, I, I hope they, they internally clean up their mess because if more stuff like that come around, if I'm a free agent, I'm not going there. But I mean, that's just me. Uh, I mean, if there's bad publicity on your team, it, it's not good for the organization or the players that are currently playing there because it it um, it adds to the fire of, um, you know, con- conduct and, and, and professionalism. And, and, and that's not something the MLB wants on them because right now they're worrying about if there's a DH and that's that's the more important priority and not whatever is going on now right so that's the more important um, priority yep that's the more (laughs) apparently right so not not to knock any anything out of what i said but um i hope they clean it up because it's not it's not a good thing for the game for sure kyle uh two things first off um thoughts and prayers go to the jackson family uh after vincent jackson was found uh dead on monday uh again potentially looking at a cte uh issue so um definitely a sensitive subject for sure um so thoughts and prayers go to that other than that i'm excited for nfl free agency because i really want to see what goes on with that and i'm the rumors that go around just makes my life a little bit easier because i can have something to grasp onto and make you know stupid ideas of what's actually going to happen so um yeah. Well, as a Patriots fan, you have to do that. Hey, we got the third most cap cap space in the league, so something. That's happen, what I mean. So. Like you have, you have the ability to do that this year. Enjoy exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> First time in ever. Um, <laughs> so, so to me, I am looking forward to that. Looking forward to trades. Looking forward to free agency, and honestly, just uh, sports rumors in general. Yeah, there's a lot of them right now. I don't know. Is it, I don't know if it's just me, but there seems to be a lot of rumors going around outside of the NHL because the NHL is the NHL, and there's never as many rumors as you want to be in the NHL. Every other league seems to have so many rumors right now. For sure. I'm going to build on what Irfan said in the tire fire kind of aspect, and, man, my final thought is thank goodness I'm not an Ajax fan. Their season has been ridiculous. First, they have they forget to sign their big signing up for Europa League, so that guy can't play. Then their goalie gets banned for 12 months. And then one of their other players is now facing charges. Three and this is all within like the last two weeks. Oh, is that all? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. nice. well, it's, just imagine what would happen over a full season if this continues. They're gonna have no players available by, by the end of the year if they keep doing things like this. Oh, she's gonna get arrested for something. That's the that's the next logical thing, right? Pretty mm-hmm. much. So the coach is next. So, no, it's just it's upsetting to see some of the stuff that comes out. Um, the keeper was for steroid use. He got banned for twelve months. Uh, the player not being signed up for the Europa League. Like, how do you let that happen as an organization? Another Roma situation. Clerical that was for error. a game, though. Yeah, I know. It's still clerical for a error. Game. You cannot <laughs> screw up a roster for Europa League when you're Ajax because that's the probably big forgot to didn't know how to spell the guy's name. Was like, ah, oh, we'll worry about it. Probably isn't important. Ends up being super important. Oh. Spelled with an I. That, that guy doesn't. That guy does not work for Ajax anymore. Yeah, I guarantee you whoever made that clerical error is not there. But not pretty, not fun. But if you're an Ajax fan, I feel for you. Still leading the league, if that means still anything. leading the league exactly. He, the guy, that player does get to play in the normal league, so he can he can put up numbers there. But no, you're no Europa for him. 
<laughs> Woo. <laughs> That'll do it. Nico, thank you for joining us. We had a great time uh, talking sports with you, man. So anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. You have our contact. You Just give us a call. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will. And uh, for everyone looking to follow us, you can follow us at Garage Door Sport on Twitter, at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. If you're looking for Kyle, it's at Kyle Vardy. If you're looking for Irfan, it's at Irfan Manji. If you're looking for myself, it's at Nick Vicker. And Nico, if you want to give your uh, Twitter handle and Instagram, go for it. Yeah, at Nicoleos Giants. There you go. <laughs> and we'll, we'll tag you in all the stuff. So don't worry if you are looking for him. He's on our Twitter page now as well. Uh, we will be back next week to obviously talk more sports and we'll see if we can get another guest on. So for everyone here at Garage Sports, thank you for listening and we will see you next time.